chapter twenty five of our friend the charlatan this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org our friend the charlatan by george gissing chapter twenty five sir william drew lashmar aside what brought this about he asked what has been going on dice whose nerves were in a tremulous state did not easily command himself to the quiet dignity which the occasion required he saw that the baronet regarded him with something of suspicion and the tone in which he was addressed seemed to him too much that of a superior with an effort of the muscles he straightened himself and looked his questioner in the face there has been a painful scene sir william between lady ogram and her niece very much against my will i was made a witness of it i knew the danger of such agitation and did my best to calm lady ogram miss tomlin had left the room and the worst seemed to be over we were talking quietly when the blow fell that is all you have to say i'm not sure that i understand you sir william lashmar replied coldly being slightly the taller he had an advantage in being able to gaze at the baronet's forehead instead of meeting his look you would hardly wish me to speak of circumstances which are purely private certainly not said the other and abruptly moved away lady amos and constance stood together near the couch on which lady ogram was lying with a glance in that direction lashmar walked towards the door hesitated a moment went out into the hall he had no wish to encounter may just as little did he wish for a private interview with constance yet it appeared to him that he was obliged by decorum to remain in or near the house until the doctor's arrival presently he went out on to the terrace and loitered in view of the front windows that lady ogram was dying he felt not the least doubt beneath his natural perturbation there stirred a hope nearly an hour passed before dr baldwin's carriage rolled up the drive shortly after came another medical man who had been summoned at the same time whilst waiting impatiently for the result of their visits lashmar mused on the fact that may tomalin certainly had not taken her departure it was not likely now that she would quit the house perhaps at this moment she was mistress of rivenoak fatigue compelled him at length to enter and in the hall he saw constance involuntarily she half turned from him but he walked up to her and spoke in a low voice asking what the doctors said constance replied that she knew nothing are they still in the library no lady ogram has been carried upstairs then i'll go in and wait he watched the clock for another half-hour then the door opened and a servant brought him information that lady ogram remained in the same unconscious state i will call this evening to make inquiry said lashmar 
and thereupon left the house reaching his hotel at hollingford he ordered a meal and ate heartily then he stepped over to the office of the express and made known to breakspeare the fact of lady ogram's illness they discussed the probabilities with much freedom breakspeare remarking how sad it would be if lady ogram so soon followed her old enemy at about nine o'clock in the evening dyce inquired at rivenoak lodge he learnt that there was still no change whatever in the patient's condition dr baldwin remained in the house in spite of his anxious thoughts dyce slept particularly well immediately after breakfast he drove again to rivenoak and had no sooner alighted from the cab than he saw that the blinds were down at the lodge windows lady ogram he learnt had died between two and three o'clock he dismissed his vehicle and walked along the roads skirting the wall of the park now indeed was his life's critical moment how long must elapse before he could know the contents of lady ogram's will in a very short time he would have need of money he had been dispersing freely and could not face the responsibilities of the election without assurance that his finances would soon be on a satisfactory footing he thought nervously of constance bride more nervously still of may tomalin constance's position was doubtless secure she would enter upon the trust of which so much had been said but what was her state of mind with regard to him had not the consent to marry him simply been forced from her may who was now possessor of a great fortune might perchance forget yesterday's turmoil and be willing to renew their tender relations he felt such a thing to be by no means impossible meanwhile ignorance would keep him in a most perplexing and embarrassing position the amoses who knew nothing of the rupture of his ostensible engagement would be surprised if he did not call upon miss bride yet it behooved him for the present to hold aloof from both the girls not to compromise his future chances with either of them the dark possibility that neither one nor the other would come to his relief he resolutely kept out of mind that would be sheer ruin and a certain buoyancy of heart assured him that he had no such catastrophe to fear prudence only was required perhaps in less than a week all his anxieties would be over for once and all he decided to call this afternoon upon lady amos the interview would direct his future behaviour it was the day of rob's funeral and he had meant to absent himself from hollingford he remained in his private sitting-room at the saracen's head wrote many letters and tried to read at four o'clock he went out to rivenoak only to learn that lady amos could receive no one he left a card after all perhaps this was the simplest and best way out of his difficulty as he turned away from the door another cab drove up and from it alighted mr kerchever dyce had no difficulty in recognising lady ogram's solicitor but discretion kept his head averted and mr kerchever though observing him did not speak by the post next morning he received a formal announcement of lady ogram's death with an invitation to attend her funeral 
so far so good he was now decidedly light-hearted both constance and may he felt sure would appreciate his delicacy in holding aloof in seeking no sort of communication with them prudence reserve the decisive day approached meanwhile having need of sable garb he had consulted breakspeare as to the tailor it behooved him to patronize unfortunately the only good tailor at hollingford was a conservative who prided himself on having clad the late m p for many years lashmar of necessity applied to an inferior artist but in this man who was summoned to wait upon him at the hotel he found a zealous politician whose enthusiasm more than compensated for sartorial defects i've already been canvassing for you sir declared the tailor i can answer for twenty or thirty votes in my neighbourhood i am greatly obliged to you mr bingham dyce replied in his suavest tone we have a hard fight for us but if i find many adherents such as you the tailor went away and declared to all his acquaintances that if they wished their borough to be represented by a gentleman they had only to vote for the liberal candidate as a matter of policy dyce had allowed it to be supposed that he was a man of substantial means with the members of his committee he talked in a large way whenever pecuniary matters came up every day some one dined with him at the hotel and the little dinners were as good as the saracen's head could furnish special wines had been procured for his table of course the landlord made such facts commonly known and the whole establishment bowed low before this important guest all day long the name of mr lashmar sounded in bar and parlour in coffee-room and commercial-room never had dyce known such delicious thrills of self-respect as under the roof of this comfortable hostelry if he were elected he would retain rooms in permanence at the hotel unless of course destiny made his home at rivenoak curiosity as to what was going on at the great house kept him in a feverish state during these days before the funeral breakspeare whom he saw frequently supposed him to be in constant communication with rivenoak and at times hinted a desire for news but lashmar's cue was a dignified silence which seemed to conceal things of high moment sir william and lady amos he knew to be still in the house of mourning he presumed that may tomlin had not gone away and it taxed his imagination to picture the terms on which she lived with constance at the funeral no doubt he would see them both probably would have to exchange words with them an embarrassing necessity hollingford of course was full of gossip about the dead woman the old old scandal occupied tongues malicious or charitable rivenoak domestics had spread the news of the marble bust to which some of them attached a superstitious significance breakspeare heard and credited a rumour that the bust dated from the time when its original led a brilliant abandoned life in the artist world of london but naturally he could not speak of this with lashmar highly imaginative stories too went about concerning miss tomalin whom every one assumed to be the heiress of lady ogram's wealth by some undercurrent no doubt of servants hall origin the name of lord dymchurch had come into circulation and the editor of the express ventured to inquire of lashmar whether it was true that miss tomalin had rejected an offer of marriage from this peer 
perfectly true answered dyce in his discreet way and he smiled as one who if he would could expatiate on the interesting topic he saw mrs gallantry and from her learnt without betraying his own ignorance that callers at rivenoak were received by lady amos from whom only the barest information concerning lady ogram's illness was obtainable neither miss tomlin nor miss bride had been seen by any one the day of the funeral arrived and the hour appointed was half-past two all the morning rain fell and about midday began a violent thunderstorm which lasted for an hour then the sky began to clear and as lashmar started for rivenoak he saw a fine rainbow across great sullen clouds slowly breaking upon depths of azure the gates of the park stood wide open and many carriages were moving up the drive afterwards it became known that no member of the ogram family had been present on this occasion half a dozen friends of the deceased came down from london but the majority of the funeral guests belonged to hollingford and the immediate neighbourhood in no sense was it a distinguished gathering mere curiosity accounted for the presence of nearly all who came lashmar had paid his respects to lady amos who received him frigidly and was looking about for faces that he knew when a familiar voice spoke at his shoulder he turned and saw mrs toplady have you come down this morning he asked as they shook hands yesterday i want to see you and we had better arrange the meeting now where are you staying at hollingford an hotel isn't it she spoke in a low voice notwithstanding her decorous gravity lashmar saw a ghost of the familiar smile hovering about her lips he gave his address and asked at what hour mrs toplady thought of coming let us say half-past five there's an up-train just before eight which i must catch she nodded and moved away again lashmar looked about him and he met the eye of mr kerchever who came forward with friendly aspect dreadfully sudden the end mr lashmar dreadfully so indeed dyce responded in mortuary tones you were present at the seizure i understand i was a good age remarked the athletic lawyer with obvious difficulty subduing his wonted breeziness the doctor tells me that it was marvellous she lived so long wonderful woman wonderful and he too moved away lashmar gazing after him and wishing he knew all that was in the legal mind at this moment but that secret must very soon become common property perhaps the contents of lady ogram's will would be known at hollingford this evening he searched vainly for constance and for may the former he did not see until she crossed the hall to enter one of the carriages the latter appeared not at all had she then really left rivenoak sitting in his hired broom in dignified solitude he puzzled anxiously over this question happily he would learn everything from lady toplady in the little church of shaw his eyes wandered as much as his thoughts surveying the faces most of them unknown to him he noticed that scarcely a person present was paying any attention to the ceremony or made any attempt to conceal his or her indifference at one moment it vexed him that no look turned with interest in his direction was he not far and away the most notable of all the people gathered here 
a lady and a gentleman sat near him frequently exchanged audible whispers and he found that they were debating a trivial domestic matter with some acerbity of mutual contradiction he gazed now and then at the black palled coffin and found it impossible to realize that there lay the strange imperious old woman who for several months had been the centre of his thoughts and to whom he owed so vast a change in his circumstances he felt no sorrow yet thought of her with a certain respect even with a slight sensation of gratitude which was chiefly due however to the fact that she had been so good as to die live as long as he might the countenance and the voice of lady ogram would never be less distinct in his memory than they were to-day he at all events had understood and appreciated her if he became master of rivenoak the marble bust should always have an honoured place under that roof dyce saw himself master of rivenoak he fell into a delightful dream and when the congregation suddenly stirred he realised with alarm that he had a broad smile on his face rather before the hour she had named mrs toplady presented herself at the saracen's head lashmar was impatiently expectant he did his best to appear gravely thoughtful and behaved with the ceremonious courtesy which in his quality of parliamentary candidate he had of late been cultivating his visitor as soon as the door was closed became quite at her ease nice little place she remarked glancing about the room you make this your headquarters of course yes i'm very comfortable here dyce answered in melodious undertone and all goes well your committee at work and all that everything satisfactory so far the date is not fixed yet but it'll be all over no doubt in time for the partridges said mrs toplady scrutinizing him with an amused look do you shoot why no mrs toplady i care very little for sport like all sensible men i wanted to hear what you think about lady ogram's will lashmar was disconcerted he had to confess that he knew nothing whatever about the will indeed then i bring you news they were interrupted by a waiter who appeared with tea the visitor graciously accepted a cup funerals exhaust one so don't they she remarked i don't know your opinion but i think people should be married and buried far more quietly for my own part i grieve sincerely for the death of lady ogram it's a great loss to me i liked her and i owed her gratitude for very much kindness but i certainly shouldn't have gone to her funeral if it hadn't been a social duty i should have liked to sit quietly at home thinking about her i thoroughly agree with you replied dyce absently you came down yesterday in the evening you know that miss tomlin is at my house i had no idea of it yes she arrived the day before yesterday she left rivenoak as soon as she knew about lady ogram's will i'm very glad indeed that she came to me it was a great mark of confidence under the circumstances she could hardly remain here the circumstances lady ogram's will does not mention her lashmar felt a spasm in his breast the expression of his features was so very significant that mrs toplady smiled threatened to become a laugh it's rather startling isn't it she continued the will was made a year ago lady ogram didn't mean it to stand when she was in town she talked over her affairs with her solicitor a new will was to be made 
by which miss tomalin would have come into possession of rivenoak and of a great deal of money you can probably guess why she put off executing it she hoped her niece's marriage settlement would come first but the old will remains and is valid will you tell me its provisions asked lashmar deliberately in confidence it won't be made public till the executors sir william amos and mr kerchever have proved it i never knew a more public-spirited will hollingford gets a hospital to be called the lady ogram very generously endowed rivenoak is to be sold and the proceeds to form a fund for a lot of lady ogram scholarships a working girl's home is to be founded in camden town it seems she was born there and to be called lady ogram house a lady named mrs gallantry here at hollingford becomes trustee for a considerable sum to be used in founding a training school for domestic servants to be named the lady ogram then there's a long list of minor charitable bequests all the servants are most liberally treated and a few friends in humble circumstances receive annuities there is not much fear of lady ogram being forgotten just yet is there no indeed said lashmar with studious control of his voice and he paused a moment is that all let me see oh i was forgetting some money is left to miss bride not to her absolutely but in trust for certain purposes not specified mrs toplady's smile had never been more eloquent of mischievous pleasure she was watching lashmar as one watches a comedian on the stage without the least disguise of her amusement i had heard something of that said dyce the tension of whose feelings began to show itself in a flush under the eyes can you tell me oh broke in the other i've forgotten a detail that will interest you in the entrance hall of the lady ogram hospital is to be preserved that beautiful bust which you have seen at the rivenoak by the by there are odd stories about it i hear that it was brought out of concealment only the day before her death yes i know nothing more about it with regard to miss bride's trusteeship oh and i forgot that hollingford is to have a fine market hall on condition that the street leading to it is called arabella street her name you know oh indeed murmured dyce and became mute mrs toplady amused herself for a moment with observation of the play of his muscles she finished her tea i'll have another cup if you please oh yes we were speaking of miss bride naturally that interests you an odd bequest isn't it she is spoken of as a trustee but evidently the disposal of the money is quite at her own discretion if i remember there are words to the effect that lady ogram wishes miss bride to use this money just as she herself would have done for the purposes in which they were both particularly interested by the by it isn't money only miss bride becomes owner of the paper mill at the village by rivenoak i had heard of this said lashmar with a brusque movement as though he felt cramp in his leg he had begun to look cheerful i knew all about lady ogram's intentions you don't remember he added carelessly the amount of the bequest mr kerchever tells me it represents about seventy thousand pounds lashmar involuntarily heaved a sigh mrs toplady watched him over the rim 
of her teacup the hand which held it shaking a little with subdued mirth as you say he observed it is a most remarkable will but it seems rather too bad that the poor lady's real wishes should be totally neglected indeed it does i have been wondering what miss bride will think about it of course i couldn't speak to her on the subject one almost feels as if she ought at all events to give half that money to miss tomalin considering the terms on which she receives it but objected dyce that wouldn't be fulfilling the conditions of the bequest which i happen to know were very specific really it's a most unfortunate thing that lady ogram died so suddenly most unfortunate what a serious injustice is done to that poor girl after all mr lashmar fell sweetly from the other's lips her position might be worse how has she an income of her own oh a trifling annuity not worth mentioning but i didn't speak of that i meant that happily her future's in the hands of an honourable man it would have been sad indeed if she had owed this calamity to the intrigues of a mere fortune-hunter as it is a girl of her spirit and intelligence will very soon forget the disappointment indeed it is much more on another's account than on her own that she grieves over what has happened lashmar was perusing the floor slowly he raised his eyes until they met mrs toplady's the two looked steadily at each other are you speaking of me dyce inquired in a low voice of whom else could i be speaking mr lashmar then miss tomlin has taken you entirely into her confidence entirely i am happy to say i am sure you won't be displeased it goes without saying that she does not know i am having this conversation with you i think mrs toplady said dyce with deliberation that you had better tell me if you will exactly what you have heard from miss tomlin we shall be more sure of understanding each other that's easily done she told me of your railway journey together of your subsequent meetings of what happened with lord dymchurch and last of all what happened with lady ogram probably said dyce not all that happened with lady ogram did she mention that instead of remaining loyal to me as i was all through to her she did her best to injure me with lady ogram by betraying a secret i had entrusted to her i know what you refer to yes she told me of that unfortunate incident and spoke of it with deep regret the poor girl simply lost her head for a moment she could think of nothing but self-preservation put yourself in her place she saw utter ruin before her and was driven almost crazy i can assure you that she was not responsible for that piece of disloyalty i am afraid not many girls would have been more heroic in such a terrible situation you a philosopher must take account of human weakness i hope i can do that said lashmar with a liberal air under other circumstances i should hardly have mentioned the thing but it convinced me at the time that miss tomlin had deceived herself as to her feeling for me and now that everything is necessarily at an end between us i prefer to see it still in the same light for it assures me that she has suffered no injury at my hands but pray why should everything be necessarily at an end for two or three reasons mrs toplady one will suffice after miss tomlin had left the room lady ogram insisted on my making offer of immediate marriage to miss bride being plainly released from the other obligation i did so 
and miss bride gave her consent mrs toplady arched her eyebrows and rippled a pleasant laugh ah that of course may could not know i may presume that this time the engagement is serious undoubtedly lashmar replied grave yet bland then i can only ask you to pardon my interference not at all you have shown great kindness and under other circumstances we should not have differed for a moment as to the course it behooved me to follow dyce had never heard himself speak so magnanimously he smiled with pleasure and continued in a peculiarly suave voice i am sure miss tomlin will find in you a steadfast friend i shall do what i can for her of course was the rather dry answer at the same time i hold to my view of miss bride's responsibility the girl has really nothing to live upon a miserable hundred a year all very well when she belonged to the family at northampton but useless now she is adrift to tell you the truth i shall wait with no little curiosity for miss bride's and your decision need i say that miss bride will be absolutely free to take any step she likes how could i doubt it exclaimed the lady with her most expressive smile do you allow me to make known the the renewal of your engagement certainly dyce answered beaming upon her mrs toplady rose i am so happy to have been the first to bring you the news but it a little surprises me that you had not learnt it already from miss bride who knew all about the will two days ago why should it surprise you said lashmar gently as he took her hand naturally i have kept away from rivenoak supposing miss tomlin to be still there and miss bride was not likely to be in haste to communicate a piece of news which strictly speaking hardly concerns me at all be sure you come to see me when you are in town were mrs toplady's last words and her eyes twinkled with appreciation of lashmar's demeanour End of chapter 25